Hare Krishna. Good morning to everybody. Not only those who are in our temple compound, but also those who are listening in online by radio, telephone, internet. We welcome you here. Rupa Nogadas here with you this morning. We're going to have a little discussion about the Srimad Bhagavatam. First Canto, Chapter 7, Text Number 44 today. So if you have your book or you have your telephone close by, smartphone, you can uh, bring this up on vedabase.io. It's a pleasure to be able to come to the temple again after almost a year without being able to do so. There was an old song from the 1970s had a headline that said, "You don't know what you got till it's gone." So we're very pleased that everybody can once again listen to a Srimad Bhagavatam discourse, and if possible, be here at the temple with us. As usual, before we begin, we'll sing a little song. This is the invocation to the Supreme Lord to be with us during this session. Give us the words to say, give us the thoughts to have, so that we can do something beneficial for other people. So wherever you are this morning, please join in with me singing. Jaya Rathamadava Kunjabihari Jaya Rathamadava Kunjabihari Jai Gopi Janavallabha Girivaradari Yashura Nandana Bhajajana Ranjana Yashura Nandana Bhajajana Ranjana Jamuna Tira Banachari Jamuna Tira Banachari Jayurata Madhava Kunjabihari Jai Gaur Premananda Hari Haribo Jai Om Vishnipad Paramahamsa Paripitaka Charja Hasto Tadasita Sri Srimadha's Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Om Vishnupad Paramahamsa Paripitaka Charja Hasto Tadasita Sri Srimadha's Divine Grace Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvati Gosami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Ananta Koti Vaishnavindaki, Iskan BBT founder Charja Shil Prabhupada Ki, Iskan Guru Parampara Ki, Sri Rup Sri Sanatan, Bhattaraganat Sri Jeeva Gopal, Bhattadasaraganat Sadko Sami Prabhu Ki, Nama Charja Shil Haridas Thakur Ki, Premjago Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunitanda, she had waited to get her, she was a digora bakterindaki. She she rata Krishna, gopa gopinat, shamakun radakun, giddy govardanaki. She even dam ki. She maturadam ki. 
Shri Mayupunabadweet Dharma Ki, Shri Jagannath Puri Dharma Ki, Shri Shri Radha Kalachandi Dharma Ki, Ganga Devi Ki, Jamunamai Ki, Tulsi Devi Ki, Bhakti Devi Ki, Sambhaveda Bhakta Vrinda Ki, Vriyat Maranga, Transcendental Book and Prasadam Distribution Ki, Untai Gaur Premananda, Hari Hari Bol, all glories to the assembled devotees, Hari Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hari Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hari Krishna. All glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Goranga. Namon Vishnupadaya Krishna Pistaya Bhutale Shimati Bhakti Vedanta Swamini Namade. Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pachanine Nivishesha Shunyavari Pashtata Deshatanine. Om Namo Bhagavati Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavati Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chayunanottamam Devim Sarasutim Yasan Tato Jaya Mudirayat Nasta Praeshva Badreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttamashloke Bhakti Bhavidi Naistiki once again, we're reading today in Canto 1 of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Chapter 7, Text Number 44. So let's read uh, word for word the transliterations. Sarahasyo Danur Veda. Savisar Gopasam Yama. That's a long, difficult word to say it. Let's try it again. Savisar Gopasam Yama. Astra Gramas Cha Bhavata. Sikshito Yad Anugrahat. Now we'll recite it as poetry, if we can do it. Sarahasyo Danur Veda Sarvisargopasamyama Astra Gramas Chabavata Sikshito Yat Anugrahat. Let's do it again. Sarahasyo Danur Veda. Savisar Gopasamyaha. Savisar Gopasamyamaha. Astra Gramas Chabavata Sikshito Yat Anugrahat. Would you chant, please? Sarahasyo Danur Veda Savisar Gopas Myam Yaha. Astra Gramas Jabhavata Shikshito Yadanugrahat Sarahasyo Danu Veda Savisargopasamyahama Astra Gramas Jabhavata Shikshito Yadanugrahat. Very good. Let's uh, do word for word translations. Sarahasya. Confidential. 
Danurveda, Knowledge and the Art of Manipulating Bows and Arrows. Savisarga, Releasing, Upasamyama, Controlling, Astra, Weapons, Grama, All Kinds of, Cha, and Bhavata, By Yourself, Shiksita, Learned, Yet, by whose anugrahat, mercy of, and the translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. It was by Dronacharya's mercy that you learned the military art of throwing arrows and the confidential art of controlling weapons. So, repeat with me, please. It was by Dronacharya's mercy that you learned the military art of throwing arrows and the confidential art of controlling weapons. This is being spoken by uh, Queen Draupadi to her one of her five husbands. This one is Arjuna, who has just brought before her, bound like an animal, Ashwatthama who was the son of Dronacharya, who was a military preceptor of the Pandavas and the Kauravas. And this is after the battle, the great battle of Kurukshetra has taken place, and uh, very few persons are still alive. All five Pandava brothers are still alive. Ashwatthama is still alive. But he has uh, heinously killed the sleeping sons the five sleeping sons of Queen Draupadi. And so Arjuna pursued him with Krishna's help, brought him back, bound up like an animal, and presented him before Draupadi, Queen Draupadi, to decide what she wanted done with him. And she has, we've seen that she has a very gentle nature, even though this person before her has killed her five sons while they slept and decapitated them. She is still feeling that this man should not be punished. He is the son of a Brahmana. Even though he's not a Brahmana himself, he's the son of a Brahmana. And that Brahmana happened to be the martial preceptor, martial teacher of the Pandavas and the Kauravas. So she thinks it is not right to make uh, Ashwatthama's mother suffer as she, Draupadi, is having to suffer. And so she's giving Arjuna reasons uh, for not taking the life of this person, even though Krishna has said, he is guilty, he should be killed immediately. Uh, Arjuna is, is uh, taking time to listen. And we understand that Krishna was saying this to test the religious metal of Arjuna. Uh, wanted to see what kind of person he really is inside. He had every reason to take vengeance against this person, Ashwatthama. So let's read the purport to this translation. Dhanurveda, or military science, was taught by Dronacharya with all its confidential secrets of throwing and controlling by Vedic hymns. Gross military science is dependent on material weapons, but finer than that is the art of throwing the arrows saturated with Vedic hymns which act more effectively than gross material weapons like machine guns or atomic bombs. It is said in the Ramayana that Maharaj Dasharta, Dasharta, Dasharata, I get it right, Dasharata, the father of Lord Sri Ram, used to control arrows by sound only. He could pierce his target with his arrow by only hearing the sound without seeing the object. So this is a finer military science than that of the gross material military weapons used nowadays. Arjuna was taught all this, and therefore Draupadi wished that Arjuna feel obliged to Acharya Drona for all these benefits. And in the absence of Dronacharya, his son was his representative. That was the opinion of the good lady Draupadi. 
It may be argued why a Dronacharya, a rigid Brahmana, should be a teacher in military science. But the reply is that a Brahmana should become a teacher, regardless of what his department of knowledge is. I've never heard this before, have you? A learned Brahmana should become a teacher, a priest, and a recipient of charity. A bona fide Brahmana is authorized to accept such professions. Omagyana timirandasya gyananjana salakaya chakchuran militam jena tasmai shri gurave Sri Chaitanya Marobishtam Sapitam Jaina Bhutale Swayam Rupahakada Maya Dadati Swaparantikam Bandeham Sri Guru Sri Juttai Padakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavans Cha Sri Rupam Sagradattam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savdvaitam Savaduttam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Vitamscha He Krishna Karanasando Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Taptakanjana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindamaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpa Tarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhyevacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Karathar Sri Vasari Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Kantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Nama Om Vishnu Vadaya Krishna Pristaya Bhutale Sri Mate Tamal Krishna Gosamaniti Namane So uh, this, this whole uh, chapter that we're reading about is regarding uh, the use of weapons, both religious and non-religious. And we're at the, we're toward the end now uh, of the chapter entitled "The Son of Drona Punished." We're getting close to finding out what was his fate, what was his ultimate fate. And so, because so much is made about the use of, of Vedic hymns to control weapons, I thought that we would talk a little bit about sound. And um, I've entitled our today's discourse "Watching What We Say." So sound is used to perform some pretty extraordinary feats in the Bhagavatam that are recited in the Bhagavatam. Um, even as early as Krishna's appearance as a baby to Mother Yashoda, Mother Yashoda, then after, after the baby was apparently attacked by some demoniac forces in different forms, one is a cart, one is a beautiful lady, um, uh, they, they were, one is a gigantic serpent. There were, uh, there were all kinds of forces that were trying to kill this baby. And, but it couldn't be done. But nonetheless, Mother Dashoda doesn't realize Krishna's actual position. And therefore, she recites mantras to protect her baby. You remember that? She was praying to Lord Narayan to please protect my baby child, not knowing that that baby there was the source of Narayan. Or he's another form, we could say, another form of Narayan. But in this case, the supreme form, since he has four qualities that even Lord Narayan does not have. So the mother, and then and then uh, uh, the different uh, ladies of the community uh, where they lived there at uh, Brindavan in Goloka, um, they would, sometimes the ladies would they would chant also, uh, but this time just for pleasure, uh, they would chant the pastimes of Lord Krishna. So these are a couple of examples of how Krishna was glorified and protected when he was when he appeared to be 
just an innocent, helpless child. Of course, we know Krishna is never helpless. Kardamamuni was one of the great followers of Lord Krishna, and his son uh, was a, the um, uh, uh, one of the incarnations. Lord Kapil was one of the incarnations of Krishna, of the Supreme Lord. Kardamamuni lived a very austere life, and when Devahuti was offered to him in marriage, she also took up this this very austere life. And after a period of time, he looked at his wife and saw that she had given up even the taking care of her own physical body. Her hair was matted, uh, her clothes were soiled. In other words, she spent all her time assisting her exalted husband in performing the kinds of sacrifices that great sages at that time performed. So Karamamuni created a city by meditation and mantra. And this city was such that it, it traveled, it flew through the air. Now, it's hard for us to understand. This is, this is like a, an airplane. But instead of just being an airplane, it's a whole city. And it was just beautiful, beautiful city. And it, it, it flew by the will of the controller, by the person who created it. So even Kardamamuni, it was said in the Bhagavatam, was amazed at what he had been able to conjure up. So uh, we can see then, in this case also, mantra is a very, very powerful thing if you know how to use it. And it's not, not, not enough just to know the sounds of the words, but rather you have to live a kind of life which makes you a, a, a worthy recipient of, of whatever the, uh, the sounds are supposed to create for you. Then there were some who who used mantras for uh, evil purposes, just like Devasamuni, uh, whenever he encountered Ambarish Maharaj right at the end of a year-long fast, and he wanted to break the fast of, of Ambarish Maharaj. And whenever Ambarish Maharaj, uh, at, on the ad- advice of his counselors, uh, in order to break the fast while Durvasamuni was gone to take his bath. Um, uh, he took water, took some sips of water, and because he was advised that sipping water, taking water, could either be considered fasting or not fasting. So that was one way. And then when Durvasamuni came back, he, through his mystic power, he realized that uh, Ambarish Maharaj had taken something to drink, uh, to end his fast. And so he became very irate that Ambarish Maharaj would take anything before he had fed his exalted guest. And so Durvasamuni uh, took a hair from the top of his head and pulled it out, threw it down on the ground. And I don't think it was stated in the Bhagavatam, but anyhow, we presume that he he uh, had some a few mantras to say to create this gigantic demon to kill Ambarish Maharaj. But we understand that uh, Krishna would not let that happen. He was uh, very favorable toward Ambarish Maharaj, who was a Raj Rishi. He was a saintly king. And so Krishna did not come himself, but he sent his personal representative, the Sudarshan Chakra, to protect him from this demon that Durvasamuni had had conjured up. And the... the uh, uh, the Sudarshan Chakra wound up chasing, uh, not only did he destroy the demon, but he chased uh, this Durvasamuni all over the universe. Uh, who was And he was trying to get away from the scorching heat of the Sudarshan Chakra because he knew it was coming to kill him. And so he went to, he went to everywhere. He went to Lord Brahma. He went to Lord Shiva. He went to Lord Vishnu even. And uh, finally, Lord Vishnu said, I can't do anything to help you. The only way you're going to save yourself is by going and prostrating yourself at the feet of the person whom you have attacked or whom you have de- de- demeaned in some way. And so that's, that was necessary. So Devasamuni, even though he was a powerful, powerful uh, rishi, uh, still he himself had to go and submit to Krishna's pure devotee. 
Then there was another instance in which uh, the local Brahmins in a kingdom had to kill a person by the name of Vena, who had who uh, whose father had given up the kingdom because he saw that his son would not do anything that he told him to, and the father just threw up his hands and said, "All right, that's it. I'm leaving. You're not. I can't do anything with this boy." So in the middle of the night, he left, and his son then acceded to the throne. Uh, but because he was he was an evil person, he caused great havoc and chaos in his kingdom. And so the brahmanas, without a king present, without a saintly king present, they had to take action. So it said that they 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 produced a high pitched sound, and that sound killed this king Vena. And then of course they there was no king. So the Brahmins didn't want the responsibility for running the kingdom. So they had to find another way. And the way they found another king was a very interesting thing. I won't go into that. But it was an interesting thing that they did. <clears throat> there was another incident in which a, 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 a great personality was cursed um, by a Brahmin in the shape of a deer. This was Pandu. Pandu, the father of the four Pandu, five Pandavas. And because he had had shot the deer while the deer and his and his mate, his wife, were engaged in sexual intercourse, um, uh, he didn't. Of course, Pandu did not know that these were actually sages that lived in the forest. And because they had no residence, they had no place where they could produce offspring. In other words, have sexual contact and produce offspring. So uh, when when Pandu saw them engaged in the act of sex, he shot them and killed them both with one arrow. But before they died, the male deer uh, uh, cursed Pandu uh, to also give up his body when he approached one of his two wives uh, for sex enjoyment to produce a child. And so uh, Pandu then gave up his life later on when he approached one of his wife, Madri, uh, to, for sexual intercourse. And, and so he gave up his body. And this was a, this was, he, he had to do it. He was forced to do it by the power of that Brahmin who had accepted the form of a deer, a stag. Uh, so these, these are some of the incidents. And then, uh, we also remember a time when, uh, King Parikshit at the end of the, the Battle of Kurukshetra, King Parikshit was in the womb of his mother, Uttara. And uh, eventually he went on to ac- accept the throne, which is uh, his grandfather, uh, shall we say grandfather? Grandfather, I guess, Yudhisthira. Actually, he was the grandson of Arjuna, Par- Parikshit was. Uh, Abhimanyu was his father. Abhimanyu was killed in the battle, so Parikshit was born without his father being present. And so uh, one one day then while he was hunting, and this hunting business seems to bring a lot of problems to the Chatriyas, even though they're, it's supposed to be okay for them to do it. But one day when he was hunting, he came across this hermitage where the sage was inside, and the king went in, and the sage did not break his trance and offer the king a seat or any water. So uh, we, as, as Krishna's uh, spiritual energy... Yogamaya would have it. Uh, uh, Parikshit became a little, little uh, angry, and so he he left the ashram, and then he found a dead snake along the way, and he went back and put it over the shoulders of the Brahmin who was still in trance. And then the Brahmin's son, a little boy named Shringi, uh, was playing with his friends, but he also had mystic power, and he could understand what had happened to his father, what the king had done. And so this boy, who was just a boy, uh, cursed the king uh, to give up his life in seven days because he had acted disrespectfully to one who was his superior, one who was a Brahmin. And, of course, uh, Parichit, he accepted it, even though he, he was a Rishi himself, a Raj Rishi also, very powerful. He could have, he could have countered the curse of Shringi and could have kept his life and went on ruling the kingdom, could have gone on ruling the kingdom. But he chose not to do that, but rather to accept this punishment because he had had actually committed an offense toward 
of a sage. And so we see then that Shringi, by, by putting, giving the curse, speaking the curse, uh, that the king would die in seven days by the bite of a snake bird, then, uh, he, um, he was, he was actually wrong in doing that. He, it was not his position in society. It was not his position, uh, to try to count, to, um, um, uh, to vindicate his father who had been shamed by the placing of the dead snake around his neck. So we, these are some of the examples of how, how, um, the use of sound, the sound that we can produce with our mouths, uh, the kinds of effects that they can have on other people, on e- even entire kingdoms, because Parikshit Maharaj, for example, was, was the emperor of the entire world. So to, to uh, force that king to give up his body by use of a curse was then a very immature thing for a young boy to do. And his father... His father greatly lamented it when he came back to consciousness and realized what his son had done to King Parikshit. So uh, we we understand that we can become freed from material illusion uh, just by the use of sound, either by reading the words of the Srimad Bhagavatam, which are described to be our very means of conquest. And then by, uh, by, that's, that's the first of the nine processes that are recommended, uh, for devotional service. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Svaranam. And so Shravanam is hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. Simply by reading or hearing the words of the Bhagavatam, one can gain release from this material illusion from Maya Devi. And so, uh, one of the, one of the ways that we can use that, uh, chanting after we are heard properly, we can use chanting before the deities. We can offer prayers to the deities, just like in the mornings, uh, when we come into the temple room or when we're at home or somewhere listening to, uh, the activities that go on at four o'clock, four thirty rather in the morning. Uh, there are prayers that are offered to the Supreme Lord. And there's a, uh, there's a group of prayers that are offered to the spiritual master. And those prayers, either to recite them or just to hear them, is purifying to the consciousness of the living entity. So it, th- those are recommended then. And uh, we mentioned the gopis singing of Krishna's activities. The gopis are the cowherd ladies who lived in the village of Goloka or, or uh, Gokula. Uh, Brindavan, and uh, they would they would entertain themselves and and give themselves great pleasure w- performing their daily activities, whether it was churning butter, or taking care of the cows and calves th- that were there in the community, or or taking care of the children. They would sing songs about the glories of Krishna, and this is this these were very purifying. It not only protected their community, but it also was very purifying. So we have learned that that uh, the uh, among mantras, uh, especially those that are very powerful, there is one mantra that stands out above everything else. So even though there are mantras for launching weapons of the kind that Arjuna had to counteract, that's the Brahmastra, he had to know how to retract that mantra or that uh, that um, a weapon with his own mantra, with his own weapon. And so he was able to do that. But uh, in addition to that, uh, there there is the chanting of the holy names, the two names of Krishna and then the name of Srimati Radharani, Hare, Rama, and Krishna. Hare, Krishna, Hare, Rama. So Hare refers to uh, Krishna's pleasure potency or his internal potency. And she is embodied in the beautiful form of Srimati Radharani. Um, so uh, this is the most powerful mantra that we know of that have been given to us by Srila Prabhupada, the Maha Mantra. And it's so simple. Uh, but like they say in society, easy to do, easy not to do. 
So people don't realize uh, that they're in the prison house right now and that these bodies are, are not representative of who we are, that we're the spirit soul within and that we're entrapped, we're imprisoned in these material bodies by the material energy, Mahamaya, of the Supreme Lord. And the only way that we can get out is to follow the instructions of Lord Chaitanya, who was Krishna coming 500 years ago in a covered form. Uh, Harinam, 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 Eva Kevalam Kaloan, Asteva, 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 Gatir, There's no other way, there's no other way, there is no other way in this age of Kali for liberation than by chanting the holy names, chanting the holy names, chanting the holy names. So this is this is the chief activity that Srila Prabhupada gave to his disciples and which his disciples in turn have given to us. That we must we must follow that instruction to chant the holy names of the Lord. And you know, if you cannot chant uh at thirty two sixty four rounds a day as people in the past have done. Srila Prabhupada has made the provision that if we just chant 16 rounds a day, that is the minimum. And if we can do that day after day after day until the end of our lives, that will help determine what our next uh, our next activity, our next form of life is going to be. Whether we stay in this material world to perform some other services for our spiritual master who is who will he will also be here to serve the supreme lord or or whether it's uh to to take us back into the spiritual world uh it for devotees of the lord either way is okay we will come back just as arjuna does he comes back and he lives a very difficult life with his four brothers and his wife and they they have so many difficulties that they have to face and so many obstacles to overcome to try to gain their or regain their possession of emperorship of the entire world for their for their brother Yudhishthir. He is qualified to be emperor of the, the entire world, but not the forces that were going against him. So we chant the Maha Mantra then to get release from this uh from this material prison house that we're in. And in order to be able to chant the mantra continuously, Lord Chaitanya has told us that we must become more humble than the blade of grass, more tolerant than the tree. And and, and in doing that, then we will be able to chant the Maha Mantra continuously. So there are some rules that we have to follow if we're going to be successful in that. And just to repeat the names Hare Krishna and Rama, uh, just to repeat them and v- verbally is, is not really enough. We really have to get to the point of being able to listen very carefully to every syllable that we chant. And so this is what has been prescribed by our spiritual master. So we can then use our sound, the words that we produce by our mouths, we can use them either to um, exalt someone or to demean someone. In our everyday conversations, our everyday uh, interactions with other devotees, we have the choice. We can either make that person feel good about himself or herself for her attempts to become a devotee of the Supreme Lord, or we can use those words some words to demean them and make them feel really sorry uh, about being in this body, about being in this community, about having devotees around them. Sometimes people become so discouraged by the words of others that they give up their service in the, in the temple to the Supreme Lord. And sometimes they even they even give up living in a community of devotees. They think, no, these these people are not very nice. Uh, they're criticizing me, and they're making me feel bad about myself and what I what I try to do. I'm leaving. I'm going away. And people have done that. They from this very community here in Dallas, they have come. They stayed for a time, and then they've gone away. 
because they felt discouraged trying to do their service when someone else was telling them how bad they were and how inappropriately they're doing their service and the fact that maybe they're not uh, following all the processes that we're supposed to follow, following the four regulative principles of freedom. Maybe they're having difficulty with that. We also have had difficulty with that. So why should we criticize someone else for not being able to follow strictly the principles, for not being able to chant uh, all of their rounds during the day? Instead of instead of condemning them, making them feel bad about themselves, well, we should be the ones that encourage them. Because if we can help save even one soul from having to return to this spirit, this material world, then how much is Krishna appreciating that? He even comes himself from time to time and endures all kinds of problems. He he sends his representatives like Srila Prabhupada and, and just lets people know that they haven't just been dropped out of the spiritual sky and everything is going to be rosy and, and peachy keen. Uh, Prabhupada had so many difficulties to face. So many bad things were said about him. You know, people using their, their voices to say things that were not very helpful to Srila Prabhupada. And he got, he got help from so few people, especially those of his god brothers who were back in India. They just didn't help him because they thought that he was trying to perform an impossible task. And it was an impossible task for an ordinary person. But for one who is receiving, receiving power, empowerment from the Supreme Lord, there is no such thing as an impossible task. And Prabhupada showed it even in the advanced stage of his life. So it is, some have said that we can even create the world around us by the words we use, by the choice of words. And if we, if we find ourselves, well, if other people find us complaining all the time about, you know, what someone is doing to them, about things not going well for them, uh, and all of their activities are being thwarted and, and there's difficulty in getting... The, I mean, if, if if the person has that kind of a view of this material world that we're in, that is the kind of world they live in. They have created their own material world. But we know that uh, we can also use the words that come out of our mouths to glorify other people, to make them feel good about themselves, to accept the difficulties that come our way as, as a, a reduced portion of the um, reactions that we are due. Uh, instead of having to take the full brunt of all the reactions, because we've been sinful people, even in this lifetime, before we came to Krishna consciousness, we've been very sinful people. We've had all the bad habits of anyone else in this, in this material world, in the area that we grew up in. Um, so if, if we had to take the full brunt of that, you know, where would we be? So Krishna, if, because we show a little bit of attentiveness to him, we have some faith that he really does exist, that he's very powerful, and that he has set up this material world and the spiritual world, both for our pleasure, but in this material world, he, is, he has allowed us to... Uh, to make decisions which bring about reactions on us that make life difficult for us. And instead of complaining about all the difficulties that we've had in this lifetime, all we have to do is look about us and we'll see that there are a lot of other people who have had to suffer a lot more than we have, who have been more disadvantaged and had greater difficulty getting some pleasure from this world than we have had. But we also know that this world has been created not for a place of eternal pleasure. As a matter of fact, it's said that we, if what we call pleasure in this material world is just momentary cessation of suffering. So if, if we try to understand then the real purpose as it's described in the Bhagavatam and it's described by those who represent the Srimad Bhagavatam and Lord Sri Krishna himself, the spiritual masters, and other saintly persons. If, if we adhere to what they're saying, then we will come to realize that this, this world 
is an excellent place to be to focus on serving the Supreme Lord, learning to serve the Supreme Lord, learning that everything within this material world is meant for His service, and and especially uh, the words that we use. So we've been talking about then today uh, watching what we say because it, uh, the words, words of sounds that come out of our mouths are very powerful and they can have beneficial effect or they can have very detri- detrimental effect. So Hare Krishna. I will stop here and ask if there are questions or comments. I'm, say it again. Now, do I believe that length? Uh, there's a lot of confusion in the English language. That's what you're saying. You know. You know. It's. it's is, yeah, is the English language intentionally made that way so that it's difficult? Um, hard to say. Hard to say because it appears to have kind of, uh, we, we don't like to use the word evolution, but it, 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 the language has kind of evolved. And we can see that uh, every year some different words are added to the language. And this, and I'm glad you brought this up because this is the point that I wanted to make too. That uh, uh, in this English language, we can express very exalted ideas, and we can also express very disgusting ideas. And the way the language is being used now is different than it was 50 years ago. Uh, at least, it was not so openly. Uh, maligned, or I should maybe I should say, there were words that were would not have been used at that time, fifty years ago. That are being used, they're just being thrown around everywhere today, and they're words that don't bring up ideas of divinity, the divine, that bring up spiritual life. They're they're words that are used in the most decadent type of activities and such. And and we we know that the, the persons who are kind of responsible for that are some of the lowest members of our society as far as their spiritual understanding is concerned. And but the, here's here's the uh, the really bad part, and that is the persons who are supposed to be in the upper echelons of our society are taking up the use of the same kind of language that is being perpetrated by those who are in the very lowest uh, state of society. And I find that very disturbing. And uh, I, I think it was Srila Bhaktisiddhanta, the spiritual master of our Srila Prabhupada, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta said that we should, uh, we should uh, speak like gentlemen and ladies. We should use the language of gentlemen and ladies. And, and instead, we, we see some of the most prominent members in, including, uh, you know, even the head of state at some time. Um, for example, well, I shouldn't even say, I won't even say the name. Uh, a more, uh, one of the, our most recent heads of state has, has just used language and, and expected people just to, just to overlook it or to think that this is the way that people are supposed to talk. And if people don't even know how to carry on really decent language in English or in any other language. Uh, they don't know how to carry on conversations using very uh, exalted English, French, German, whatever the language is. Um, then uh, how can we expect what goes on in their minds to be much different from the way they speak? So I think it's a travesty that uh, the, some of the most prominent members of our society, especially those persons now who are getting paid lots and lots of money, the actors and actresses, uh, the uh, musicians, the athletes, even politicians, uh, those persons who are, are very prominent in our society. Not That doesn't mean that they're eligible to be prominent. They just have, by some other, some quirk of fate, they've become prominent. 
but they use some of the some of the worst language that that uh, you know that I've ever encountered and they use it on a, it seems like on a regular basis they become a, accustomed to it i heard one prominent lady who who was a, a entertainer now she's a kind of a talk show host she said she likes to she likes to talk dirty <laughs> and and i wondered to myself you know who who are you impressing who who do you think you're impressing with this kind of language that you call dirty language who who do you think is going to be really impressed with that and think of you as being a very high class person just because you're prominent in your field entertainment just because you may have money uh people may know your name all over the world uh what does it matter if you can't if you don't even know how to act like a lady so anyhow it it, it what you, what you're saying is true. I I don't know how our language has evolved or devolved. Maybe I should say, into the in state that it's in now, but it is again our use of sounds that come out of our mouths, which not only um, affect other people around us, but it affects our consciousness as well. Because if we're saying it, then we're hearing it. And on the other hand, we just look on the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, if we if we speak the Bhagavatam, then what what effect can that have on us? If 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 a person if we're around people who are constantly speaking about the topics that are mentioned in the Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, then you know that that affects not only us to hear them, but it affects them as well, and it's very very purifying to the heart and to the consciousness. Thank you very much for the comment. All right, so everyone, we'll stop now, and we thank all of you for taking the time to, to sit with us, uh, whether you're at your, around your breakfast table or whether you're at work or whether you're out in your car traveling. We really appreciate your joining us and being with us this morning uh, because we know that if you hear exalted words being spoken here, uh, then that will affect your consciousness and your consciousness will affect your, the consciousness of all those people that you interact with during the day. So we say, Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Shishi Radha Kalachanjidam ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Natai Gaur Premananda, Hari Hari Bo. Have a good day, everyone. Hari Krishna.